This is a Power 98.7 podcast. Now we're talking. Subscribe to Power 98.7 podcasts in iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. There's more on power987.co.za. Well, the time is nine minutes past the hour of 11 o'clock. It is our Spotlight Friday. And in the spotlight is fashion designer extraordinaire, highly reputable uh, fashion designer and also a mentor of many upcoming artists, uh, Sonrabile Ndamase. Uh, You might think to yourself, do I know that name from somewhere? But you definitely know his clothes. And I don't know if there's something about the day, because today we've been talking about the heritage issues around the legacy of the late President Nelson Mandela. Well, this was the president's designer. All those famous Madiba shirts. Here's the designer, proprietor, creator of those Madiba shirts. And any other state president who wants to channel the legacy is like, what can I wear that might give me the aura of a Madiba shirt? That's what they do. And he himself is in studio today wearing a Madiba shirt. I have so many questions about the Madiba shirts as well, because I've been told that the fabric is actually Indonesian. Uh, but you can tell us. So, Sonabin Ndabase, designer of the original Madiba shirts um, and has really influenced uh, the mainstream of African fashion. His label, Vugani Fashions, began as an outlet for indigenous uh, cultural design and fabrics. And I like this idea of indigenous fabrics because it's all good and well to import fabric, but to make it, just is so much more tactile and I know in countries like Senegal and I've even seen in Ethiopia they weave their own cotton and then make their clothes and so he's very much uh, a support of this idea of um, local IP and slow fashion deliberate fashion obviously he has adorned great men and women no less uh, South Africa's first democratically elected president and Mamawini Matikizela Mandela. And uh, through his fiber processing and manufacturing, or rather through the Fiber Processing and Manufacturing Sector Education and Training Authority, uh, he started the Africa Fashion Design Agency School. And this next week, uh, there is a cohort of students that will be graduating. So passing on the traditions to another generation of designers in the creative arts. So for who you are, we say welcome and thank you. You are in the spotlight. My goodness me. Good morning. Good morning. To you and your listeners as well, Lerada. Thank you so much uh, for coming through. So it's just by coincidence or design, Nondu and Snare will have to tell us. But we were talking about artifacts um, of the late president going for auction. We don't need to get into the details of uh, what that is. But certainly some of his shirts are up for auction, so recognizable, so iconic. And you are the face and the name behind that story. Indeed, actually, I always get so overwhelmed and also, you know, have what I call Ubuntu, and it humbles me Mm. to know that I am witnessing some of those things whilst I'm still alive. Oh, yes, you're getting your flowers whilst you're still alive. So tell us about that relationship, because obviously uh, many of us had never seen Nelson Mandela until that eventful, momentous day in February 
1990 as he left Victor for Stair Prison. It was the first time many of us, a younger generation, literally saw the man behind the myth, shall we say that. And he was uh, dressed in a conventional, traditional suit. But soon thereafter, he found himself. He found his persona for this era, and it became your shirt. So tell me how that happened. Uh, You know, some of the things you never thought they will come into reality, Mm -hmm. or you will be the one that will be selected for an opportune that comes before. But if then you have a dream, and uh, you wake up, from your bed and work out on that particular dream and things start to happen. In my case, I I used to visit then the Mandela house in in Vilakazi. Yes. uh, Not knowing that it will let me to be the kind of a person that today it will humble me. Yeah. In this case, um. When I used to visit Mama Winnie at the time, as everybody knows that visiting the Mandela family at that time was a taboo and a look pretty whereby any time you will be caught up and find yourself behind bars. Mm. But the when I met with Mama Winnie at the time, and I introduced myself, and fortunately, at Vilakazi Street at the time, Ndate Tutu, was still uh, staying at Vilakazi, and the house next to that was my uncle's house, ah. which was the Makubela. Mm. Okay. So now, which is turned up to be a restaurant that is called Sakumzi Restaurant. Sure. That particular house actually was a family house of my uncle. Okay. So I used to stay there. And uh, now I saw, I mean, first and foremost, looking at John coming for the first time into Johannesburg. Mm. Now I see Mama Winnie getting into a red kumbi at the time. And then I went straight to greet her. And then he started to ask me, who am I? And then I told her and so forth. That was in the 80s. And unfortunately, she never take keen of me, especially (laughs) coming from the Eastern Cape. Because at that time, you will know that we were still actually having uh, apartheid. Yeah. And also there was a trans, we're still in Transkai. Yeah, Bantu stands. But Bantu stands at that time. And Mama took offense kind of as if I'm one of Mbimbi. Ah. I was sent to come. And immediately when I started to say I come from the Pondo land and then she just only couldn't take it very easy because she comes from the Pondo land. So... Here I am, and I'm in Damase, and uh, I come from that kind of a background, so it wasn't easy. She was suspicious of you and your intentions. Co- correct. But also what you're describing is um, a, a, a real situation of insecurity in the 1980s and random arrests. Um, also, the security forces we know would just invade a house in the dead of night, 
Indeed. looking for anything to incriminate her. She'd have long detentions. So she must have lived her life in a very psychologically difficult, Indeed. weighted way in the yes. 1980s. So, but as they say that fate, if comes through and if it is your day, unfortunately, we greeted each other and then we left it like it was and Mama couldn't put anything into it. Because I also said, Mama, I'm a very creative person. Now it became worse. <laughs> you can imagine a naive person like myself coming yeah. from the rural, now want to go and design or do something for Mama Winnie. I mean, really. Yeah. It was, I I'm had guards anyway. Yeah. It was, I had guards, but I should think then they worked for me. Okay. Uh, Unfortunately, my sister was also very much involved into politics at the time as a young lions. Mm. And then my sister, by the name of Nomali Dindamase, then got involved with one of the young lions guys. And she was caught and then she had to go to jail. Oh, wow. Now, Mama Winnie remembered that there was this Ndamase who came and greeted her, and then he says he was staying at sub, um, I mean, at the on, on the same street, yeah. yeah at Mac- then he sent some boys to come and find out about me, and then I was found, and then I, I had to, and as they say, that rest is history. Okay, so she really needed to establish some trust, and the fact that your sister got arrested, ironically, Correct. was what enforced the trust, because then she knew that your, your family were genuine um members of the struggle. That's correct, yes. Who were willing to risk life and limb. Correct. Then okay. when Tata now, I, I, then I started designing for Mama and then I started to design as well for Zinzi and Zenani yeah. at the time. And uh, immediately then when Tata was released and then I was already friend, too friendly Familiar with, with, uh, the, family. with the family yeah. and also with Zinzi because we used to do a lot of work underground elsewhere and then she then told me that Tata would like to meet me and then I went to the house at Villa Casa at that time and uh, when Tata saw of me uh, I don't know whether she had already done his own research and so forth and they said oh are you a pondo (laughs) I know a lot of people who are pondos that are based uh, who is Chutanda Masse unto you? Mm. Chutanda Masse then at that time was the paramount chief of Transkai of mm. the homeland. Mm. And uh, that as well, that has a way of making you at ease, no matter mm. who you are. Mm. And uh, that's why his protocol was too heavy to control. Mm. Because the moment people were friendly, friendly yes, you make okay. people at home. So, so that is how then I got to so, the family. So who was Chutan Damase to you? Uh, he was my grandfather, uh-huh. the uh, the brother to my to my dad. Okay, so all of a sudden they could trace your family links, the links. They could connect the dots, Indeed. and that helped to make a family that had suffered um, a lot of intrusive behavior more at ease in your presence. Indeed, okay. it really, it really did. Okay. And then Tata started to narrate the story of Robben Island to yeah. me, and then I took that as a brief, 
because when he started to narrate that story of Robben Island, he then started to tell me what kind of dress code that he would love to have. Which was? Which was then something that is light, something that will uh, befit him because he was already not into a good health condition. Mm, he was 70-something so, at the time, right? That's correct, yes. Um, then I started coming up, but he also warned me that he doesn't want anything that will be related to the predecessors, his predecessors then at the time. So colonial dress. That's correct. One, uh, no, no, even African trad, uh, tr African attire to say so. Okay. He didn't want what uh, your Oliver Tambo used to dress up with those kind of mandarin collar uh, yeah. shirts and so forth. Okay. He said he wanted something that is uniquely for him that when he dresses up it will be something that when he leaves the boardroom and uh, speaking to the captains of industry. the industry, yeah. he will then go out and address the masses. But at the same time, he must not feel uh, away from them, uh, alienated from them. Okay. He must feel at ease. And that was the brief. Okay. And I did carry that brief. Okay, so there was a lot of thought that went into it. Um, we're not going to talk about Oliver Tumble because you didn't make clothes for him, I'm going to assume. So there was a dress code that was associated with um, kind of socialism, which are those Mandarin Mao collars. Correct. Um, and the safari suits. Okay, they speak very much to leaders of the non-aligned South. So he wanted something a little more contemporary, 1990s, different, that didn't speak volumes about ideology. Correct. But he wanted something that was uh, flexible, easy to maneuver different social settings. So not a suit, Correct. because it's difficult to go and address masses in a suit Correct. after you've addressed captains of industry. And he wanted something that was different. Indeed. Okay. And so you did all of that. Um, I've never met Nelson Mandela, but I'm told he's an incredibly tall man. Wow. Indeed. Okay. So does that have bearing on how you design and height and stature and broad shoulders? Do all of those things matter? Funny, funny enough, my tape as well dropped because I was a bit shivering when I was taking his measurements. Yeah. <laughs> I was not myself, you know. Mm. Um, actually, he's a very nice and a good model right. to, to tell you the honest truth. Because when you, I mean, anything that, inclusive with Mamu Emi, yeah. both of them, they've got this aroma Mm. of just taking things, even if ever you use a, a reasonable fabric, mm. they will enhance the whole look at the okay, end of I the love day. that you're saying like they're a muse. They can make anything look good. I'm telling you, okay. they did. Okay, so I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm just asking a very technical question here because I'm not a tall person, right? And I know that it, I'm not. You've just seen me, right? But but any, <laughs> any, any outfit that's made for me has to be <coughs> shortened, Sorry. Uh, the hem, the whatever. There's always an adjustment, you know, <laughs> quite small on top. So it's always, uh, you buy a dress, but you always have to rework it. Indeed. And I'm assuming similar things happen with tall people as well. Well, when you are doing things for tall people, you have to have a lot of allowance. Mm. 
to you you have to shorten Yes. Things and we're wasting fabrics. Me, I'm paying full price. <laughs> and I'm, I'm only wearing half the outfit. <laughs> Wait until you see people who are obese. Then yeah. what will you say onto those ones? Okay, fair who enough. Who take the whole tree? Yeah, yeah, fair enough. Okay. <laughs> so that was that was that was a situation then that I have to work on uh, with Dada. But Dada, like I say, may his soul rest in peace together with Mama. Um, he's a very comfortable, easy person, and um, he doesn't. If if you are a creative person, mm. you just get that aroma around him. Yeah. It's, it's it's the nicest thing to dress. Yeah. But to me, as I'm saying that, when I did all this, I I then I I was pushed with the song. Mm. Then, because we are sometimes moved by certain musical mm. way of creativity, and in this time, I was moved by the late Huma Sekela mm. when he used to say, "Bring back Nelson Mandela, wow. bring him back home." I want to see him walking down the street with yeah. Winnie Mandela, yeah. and I'm part of that particular journey. Journey. And it gave me a lot of goosebumps. Yeah. And I just said, if it was the time to say goodbye to the soil, I will just only bow down yeah. nicely. Okay, so bring back Nelson Mandela from prison. But I, I'm also hearing he's a new man, right? Coming out of uh, 27 years of incarceration. Mm. So you're almost um, reinventing him. Is that the word? Uh, with a new look, uh, um, a message for a new era, a new modern kind of politics, Indeed. which is revolutionary, but not um, fiery, shall we say that? You're creating a statesman, uh, not a, a guerrilla soldier. Th there was a real bring back something, an evolution of something else, and you were part of that evolution. Indeed. Understand that clothes are symbol. They tell who you are, mm. where you're coming from, and where you are going to. So it was my duty then to make it a point that whatever ethos that are in this man's mind, when he mm. deliver them out there, mm. he must bring hope, oh, tranquility, beautiful. freedom of the soil. Okay. Soul. Okay. Let me ask this. Let's talk about the fabric because I hear that you work with a lot of indigenous fabrics. You even make some fabrics. So what I've been told um, is that the Madiba shirt as we know it um, was inspired by the Indonesians. Correct. And in fact, the cloth was a batik. Indeed. And then made into this design. So uh, is it a batik? from Indonesia, or is it inspired by Batik? And, you know, um, why would you make those decisions, for instance? Understanding that when Tata was released, um, we still have some of the factories in the country. Yeah. And unfortunately, some of the factories were not at the time producing um, a kind of, qualitative fabric okay. that was user-friendly. And uh, you, you, you'll also recall 
that dressing African at the time before 1994 mm-hmm. was just only a taboo. Uh, you will be alienated from certain societies. You really? must dress. Yes. I mean, for example, Mama Winnie was one of those particular examples. If you follow, she was once actually had to go um, uh, to for a prison trial. Yeah. And then she was dressing in the African gear, which yeah. was umpato. That is one of the things that influenced me. Yeah. Now, she was told to go and dress proper at the court, okay. that you must never again come back dressed in this particular format. Right. It is documented around yeah. that. So now what I'm saying is, even among ourselves... You'd conditioned it, yourself. You, you, you were immediately being conditioned once you dress in an Afrocentric way. Right. Uh, you, you know, um, during the apartheid time. So to me, I had those kind of backgrounds that then I was trying to say, we are starting to open up new markets. Yeah. We are starting to make it a point that our uh, Africanism is started to be enhanced okay. and be exposed. Okay. Now, coming to a question that why the was batik. it batik? Yeah. It was a batik because why, contrary, um, the fabric, it's very nice and soft and easy to wear ah. and drapes very well onto the body and give the structure of mm. each person. Okay. So that was the the, the, the ethos build. Okay. And also the people that are doing that, it's handmade, yeah. you know. So I wanted to bring in internationalism into the whole look and feel so that at the end of the day, whoever looks at Utada must not segment him as in terms of Kosa or as in okay. terms of Venda. In terms, he has to bring in everybody. Okay, I, I get you. So it was cosmopolitan. Ironically, even if we were in an era where African dress was... Uh, disregarded, um, the Asians were able to assert themselves. And this was sort of the style that was worn by the President Suhatos of Indonesia. It was more palatable worldwide. So it was not colonial as a suit. Mm -hmm. It had an Asian Asian ethnicity ethnicity to it. it. You could Africanize it. And start to internationalize Nelson Mandela. Indeed. All right. We're in conversation with Sonwabi Lindamase, fashion designer, entrepreneur, and also founder of the uh, South African Fashion Design uh, Agency and Vugani Fashions. We continue in a moment. The Spotlight. Yes, in the spotlight is a man who describes himself as someone whose feet are firmly planted on African soils. He is the founder and proprietor of Vugani Fashions. Uh, Simply put, he is the fashion designer behind the original Madiba shirt and uh, was, in the first instance, the dressmaker, the tailor, the designer of the late great Nelson Mandela um, as he emerged into his statesmanship uh, after many, many years uh, as a political prisoner in the country. So in those days of negotiating a new settlement for South Africa, ultimately culminating in the first democratic elections, we saw Mandela move from being a man who wears a suit, 
a conventional Western three-piece suit to a man who wears this shirt made of a gleaming Indonesian uh, uh, fabric that became the iconic Mandela shirts. And the designer behind that is Sonabile Ndamase. Now, to be fair, he didn't just make clothes for Nelson Mandela. He's been making clothes for the Mandela family and many, many other uh, aficionados of fashion uh, across the country and over time. But it was really Nelson Mandela wearing his clothes that said to the world, who makes those shirts? And I was laughing with him off air to say, if you've noticed, just open your eyes and see. Whenever the ANC is having a bad day, Megu rough, rough, rough. And the young lions of this generation say, Ba, keep any, vote them out. ANC politicians somehow start showing up in Mandela shirts on public platforms. The president does it, the premier does it. Come on, Mandela shirts. And I'm always wondering. Is that sort of channeling a Madiba magic? Like if I wear a Mandela shirt, is that going to make the crowd more sympathetic to me? What do you think? Uh, I, ca- I call it as a power dressing. <laughs> you know, it's, it's the magic in the shirt. is is giving them the power wow, okay. to, to rule again. Yeah. And uh, to say, we are still here. Remember yeah. the men? Yeah. Look at us. <laughs> we are kind of keeping the man's spirit alive. I see. So that is the whole thing around it. Because also, uh, like, like, like we're saying, one other thing that is exciting is that each and every um, politician, even if ever then is not an ANC member, even a man, an ordinary man out there, yeah. when he wants to to go and make a statement, even in the boardroom, mm. um, if he's a man of 1976 and beyond, he then now finds solace in, uh-huh. in, in, in dressing in a Madiba oh. dress code. Is there a female version of the Madiba shirt? Maybe we all need some magic at the moment. Natis gives Velaganjar. No, there is a female version of a Madiba shirt, and, uh, but I also then did a research at some time in checking um, about the kimonos. Yes, the Japanese one. The Japanese one mm-hmm. and the history around that. Yeah. And then now I started to launch that collection of oh. kimonos for ladies to empower them as well. What I did then, I launched that in Paris and in Milan. Yeah. And it did very well in the mainstream. Was it a Japanese kimono or an African version of the No, kimono? it was an African, a kimono. Madiba, with kimono. the whole okay. uh, look and feel wow. and the fabrics as oh, well wow. that you will find. Then I did that so that a woman as well Can must feel, it. feel the power I, that we are talking magic. about. We are born in 2024. So, we're going to need it. We will but it's going to be a tough year. We can't. We need to find those kimono. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Indeed. And so we were talking about textile design. What do you make of the general state of the, uh, not just the fashion industry, because I think there's a lot of creativity out there, but the value chain around it, the factories that need to produce these fabrics, that need to weave um, that need to source the fibers. What do you make of the local uh, supply chain and value chain around manufacturing of textiles? Um, it's very technical of late. Reasoning is that 
quite a number of factories closed down yeah. in South Africa. Um, and also you find that if now today all our textile, if you look at it, even umpato, any kind of is being produced in China. My goodness. Yes, of course. Most of it, and it comes with less impact with the one that we used to have so from Umbako, Dagama. So just for our audience, is the traditional Kosa that women yes. wear, that yes. beautiful, rich, white rich fabric, white fa- yes. which then has the, 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 the together, woven... Yes. Yes. Um, um, oh. The motifs, the motif is not the word, but that embroidery all around that is either black or orange or blue. No, those ones are just only um, accessories that you will do as a printing around and so forth or an uh, applique that you will put around and look at that umbako. So umbako is what exactly then? It's the fabric. Just the fabric. Just only the fabric when you, yes, but now when you, you, you transform it, into a garment and most people will say Mfunumpato. But you will you'll be so surprised was the word before it was called Mpato. Even that one did not was not actually our original fabric. No. Same applies with Sishweshwe. Yes, it came with the missionaries. Yes, all some of these fabrics they came with the missionaries. But now we 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 are trying to change the narrative. Mm-hmm. How are we changing the narrative now? We will be launching very soon a project that is going to involve youth that was not there in 1976, mm-hmm. because they know nothing about the struggle. Mm-hmm. When you talk to them, they don't talk struggle. They only want to know. Actually, some of them, if you look at TikTok and all those social media, they confront even the president with no strings attached. They will tell that you can't tell us this at this era because we're not the generation of 1976. We've never fought. We don't know about Mandela. We don't know anything about it. Now we are bringing in that generation, because it's not lost generation, it's an evolved generation. Right. We are trying to pull them to say, feel proud as well to be who you are. We are coming up with a project that is going to mesmerize them. The youth of today, that is going to make them feel attached to their old ways of doing things which is the Madiba it's not going to be a Madiba shed mm. but we're bringing in something for them I, I, I just need to clarify that's empower them. I need to clarify what you're saying because I feel like I need to push back a little bit so as long as it's done respectfully I see no problem with young people challenging the status quo I think it's wrong I personally think it's wrong for us to expect a new generation to be so sentimental that they um, suppress their aspirations for the modern day. And they've often said that on the show is you can't expect us to be so overly sentimental about the struggle and people's I'm with you. imprisonment, that is exactly etc., what I'm etc. Saying. And we're sitting yes. here with no electricity, no water, no job opportunities. That's exactly we what we're talking about. Sentimental about things that happen. Yes. So I think... I think Questioning is not the problem. I think the how to question 
is what we can mold the culture of debate um, and how to dissent. Uh, but if we want young people to appreciate the past, that past has to speak to their present. And their present circumstances right now is really one of hardship and disaffection and marginalization. So if, if young people must appreciate what comes before, then how do you show them the value, the value of that before, of that before and, with what and is that happening they can take today. the baton That's and correct, move and forward. move forward. That's how I understand young people. That's exactly what I'm saying. That is exactly what I'm, trying, I'm saying to you, that at this status quo where we are sitting now, we are not pulling them together. Mm. We, there's, there's an old generation which still believe we did this for, for the struggle. We did that and so forth. And you know, and but, you know what that's called? Yes, ma'am. Entitlement. There you so, go. So if we want the young people to be appreciative, I think the older ones also have to be less entitled. Now, even on that less entitlement, that is why they are questioning even recently when the president was talking about the issue of um, what is available within the policy of the ANC mm. at the moment, mm. um, which we believe in within the policy of the ruling party. Things like, you know, giving out grants, giving out all those kind of things to students and so forth. When he was saying, the moment the ANC leaves the power mm. and is not voted into power, so all those mm. hanging fruits will kind disappear. of disappear. Mm -hmm. As much as we are, the young people agreeing with that, but they are questioning one thing to say in the social media. Yes, we understand that, but how do we, you use your statistics in economical terms mm. in saying there were so many people in, in, in on 1994 welfare, yeah. on welfare, and now the welfare stack has increased. Yeah. And you call that progress. Progress, and so, also, and also, on top of that, perhaps we should just stay away from the pot of the political issues because it's going to get complicated and untidy. The truth of the matter is, there are no social grants that are going to disappear if the ANC leaves because pro poor policies are embedded in the constitution. So, frankly, the president shouldn't make statements like that. They are gratuitous. They are untrue. I don't want to disrespect an elderly gentleman, but they are untrue. Untrue is also the word for lies. We shouldn't be lying to a public. Uh, but also, a country that is progressive shouldn't have more than a third of its population living on welfare. We should be seeing stimulus of the economy. So somebody can wear a Mandiba shirt and talk a lot of that talk. It's not going to make them Nelson Mandela. So let's move away from the politics. <laughs> no, to me, gonna, I was only... We're going to go no, no. I Wait, wait. No, I, can, I can see you now getting taller and taller. Eh? Yes, from my 5.6. Yeah. I'm telling you. Yeah. All what I was trying to bring across so that we are not misinterpreted why we brought that, I was saying to you, the, the project that we're coming up with other project, as much as you, we all understand the status quo where we are sitting now, me and you and any other citizens of the country, mm -hmm. but they are still questioning of saying, where do we go? Where do we make money? 
Okay. Where as do young people, people. Well, let's talk about how the fashion industry can engender creativity because maybe that's where you can be part of the solution is this idea of fashionomics or the creative industries being that's, the one place that can empower young people perhaps you can add your voice there that is where i'm adding my voice to say we are coming up with a value chain yeah that is going to change the status quo okay. of making fashionistas right and uh, only people look at you and myself that fashion is about the ramp mm. it's about appearing on social media okay. it's about appearing in all those nice magazines and what have you and doing one fashion show on top of another we want to change that narrative yeah. and make it a point that a young person when he leaves the institution of learning especially in the craft and in the creative industry must be in a position of making money must be in a position of surviving must be in a position of talking the language that now is the 4R mm. you know digital and so forth so that we are all okay. running on the race equally with our international competitors. All right. And to that end, I mean, passing on the baton, mentoring young people, you've been very involved in the teaching of design. Uh, you don't just design. You've also got a school accredited by the Fiber Processing and Manufacturing uh, CETA. So tell us about those whom you're training and what you're training them, what skills you're training them with. And uh, you're really excited about a graduation next week. Why? I'm very much excited about the graduation that we're having. The reasoning is one is that these young and upcoming designers, some of them, yeah. actually, um, I, I, I always like to go where other people do not want to go, okay. including in meaning that those that are marginalized, those that do not have the means to survive, because that's what I believe Madiba left the legacy unto me to okay. say, help the helpless. Now, with the, um, with the FPNM CETA that we, where we are coming in, we are saying, whilst they are giving them, uh, you know, stipends, because I do mentorship, I do skills transfer, I do learnerships. Yeah. So what then we do, we give them that opportunity to say, if then you do, you were less fortunate by accepted by some of those institutions. Yeah. Let's give you a live line, yeah. so that when then you are accredited, you can take it to the next level and take it to the next level. Because now somebody of my caliber has mentored right. you. Right, that is a beautiful thing to do. Uh, just before we go to calls, we've got a few people who want to talk to you. Uh, you said I'm an Ndamase. Uh, from Bondoland. Uh, I have friends from that region, so I understand what that means. Um, I have a friend, actually, she's a diplomat. She's very, very passionate about reminding the world of Amam Bondo as a cultural grouping uh, and their heritage. And so I know that the Ndamase are from that area and they are royal. Could you just tell us a little bit about Bondoland and you know, whilst it's seen as part of the broader Eastern Cape, uh, broader, um, I don't like to use tribal words, but sort of Isikosa community. Um, I've been told by my friend Stella Stel, actually, let's just be upfront, is that 
you are actually a different and independent cultural grouping. It's almost wrong to call you Amakosa. Indeed. You must call yes. you Amampondo. Yes. There you go. There we go. So teach us a little bit about that heritage. No, we 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 as Amampondo yeah. actually we are a group of people mm. uh, of indigenous inclined that believe to the hierarchy of understanding. Ubuntu is seen to, right. and uh, humanity is part of what embedded us. That is why then you have people like Abo Mama Winnie Matikizela Mandela who come from, there. from that particular grouping, and uh, we we love our culture. Yeah, and. Uh, you can see myself as well that I'm starting now. To smile. <laughs> I, I went in there and I, yeah, I touched something really special there. Yeah, because, I mean, I've been taught. I mean, I didn't know that. But I was told, yes, you know, the general categorization is among closer, but it's actually incorrect. It's very much incorrect. In that, yes, classification. We, we, we proud ourselves of being a mambondo mm. as any other grouping mm. proud themselves of who yeah. they are and we have got our way of dressing we've got our own way of conducting activities right. that are related and cultural indigenous mm. ways of doing things there is as is important in doing mm. what we do and that is why then like you've mentioned uh, Stella Stavo um, she's actually she's my uh, niece okay yes uh, when she start to and en- 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 enlighten people right. by doing the pondo culture okay because it's enlightening that we as people we have our own identity yeah. she was my classmate okay. at university that's why i know oh okay <laughs> <laughs> okay let's uh, put on our earphones uh but peter good morning yeah Pila, Baba, go ahead I've always wondered to myself, Uguti, Uba ni Maralo, Owenza, Ama Embega, Abab Nelson Mandela. Maragoto manje singe has no muzo for when about. Yes, Baba. As soon as you, you, you enter the international departures, Laiwartambo, there's a shop called Presidential. Mm. Mm. Um, I just want to know is that also your work or is it franchised or, or, or anything like that and, and, and my second question would be have you ever had a conversation in Klosa no, 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 Nelson Mandela that's all thank you Peter <laughs> Peter starting with the first one um, about the presidential shirts it's, it's it's amazing how um, it's it, that is not first and foremost. Let me declare it's not our franchise. Sure. Uh, neither we have something to do with that particular um, institution. 
May I interject this? So what about your IP? Because I know that shop really well. It's actually on the first side of the uh, international yeah. departures immigration. It's a huge store that occupies the corner next to the, the, the chemist and the jewelry shop. Indeed, but um, it's, a, it's a long story. Or to cut the long story short is that uh, if you don't have finances, mm. our industry is called a cutthroat industry. Mm, that's not fair. Um, absolutely it is not because if you do not have what it takes to expose yourself out there and have finance, financial backing. So to me, I never commercialize the Mandela family, yeah. let alone what I've been doing with any other person. I don't go out there mm. and commercialize that because I wanted to keep the relationship with integrity. With integrity. Mm. Okay. So that's one. Number two, yes, uh, we had the conversation in 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 in, in Sikosa. Well, I will say it is Simpondo, because in the sense that when I started the show, I even said that when I started to meet with him, he started to look at my lineage yeah. to start to saying, "Oh." Are you also a pondo? And even when then we once had activities as well in, in Mampondo, and one of the things that was very, which came out, it was an exciting manner when he was introducing Umama Ukrasha to the family. Okay. He introduced that in, in, in Simpondo oh, wow. when he was there. Oh, that's beautiful. Bonga, you've been holding on with Bonga? Damas. I always have been saying this. Uh, now, um, when you are talking in, in this context, meaning mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I understand Ugutu Baba is more into fabric. Uh, but mm. Uberganamacosca's I've got a, I've got a tip for you, Putponga, but maybe off air. Uh, yeah. I, I can tell you where to go and get one because I have one, yeah, I which is which is fanned mm. in but, leather, mm, mm. but very light yes, leather light, fanned. Yeah. yeah. Thank yeah. you. Okay. okay. Because that's that, that's what we are trying to 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 to, to promote now. No, I've it I've, I've actually got us. one. I actually own thank one. You. Okay, thank ah, you. Ah, thank you very much. Uh, so just make so just making culture fashionable and modern and light, so that so that it's easy for people to wear and it's easy for them to express themselves. No, it's already like you said, it's already out there. Yeah. Um, people are already actually 
finding a space in in in, in making the point that those garments are easy to wear yeah. and are also n- nice and fashionable. Yeah. It's the same as now. If you go to TikTok, you will see those kind of things that yeah. we have modernized everything. Okay, and finally, you are a heritage yourself. How does that make you feel? It humbles me. Oh. That's the only thing is that um, I get so humble that at the end of the day, I'm an encyclopedia as I walk around yeah. and people come and get information from me and I also pass that information. I don't keep it because I don't want to make a beautiful mm-hmm. grave. I want to leave and leave my flowers outside oh. the grave. Well, we appreciate you for what you've done. Uh, whether you dreamt it, expected it, or were surprised by it. But that one shirt became a huge symbol of South Africa's freedom. Just that shirt. Freedom to wear, freedom to express yourself, freedom to be. And as you say, the Madiba shirt carries a lot of power. And people can try to steal the design, but they can never steal intrinsically who you are, what you've achieved, and the lives you've touched. And for who you are, a child of the royal kingdom of Bondoland, thank you for passing it on to another da- generation. Ubab Sonwabile Ndamase, fashion designer, owner of Vugani Fashions, proprietor of the Mandela shirt, teacher, and what shall we say? A sage, a great tree, still living amongst us. You've been listening to a Power 98.7 podcast. For more podcasts, visit power987.co.za or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.